Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Interested in starting your own podcast? Then Anchor is the right platform for you. When it comes to creating a podcast and editing and producing, Anchor has all the necessary tools for you to have a top-notch product. Anchor also distributes to your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. They even give you the opportunity to make money like we are right now just by having them as a sponsor. The best part? It's completely free to download and use. Download Anchor in the App Store or on Google Play and get your podcast started today. It's time for the Say Hey Podcast, your San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Available on your podcast platform of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast and like our page on Facebook. It is episode 26 of the Say Hey Podcast. This is Doug Hayes, a.k.a. Say Hey Doug. It is March 11th, 2021. Let's bring in my co-host, Say Hey Rob. Rob, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. I'm doing just about as good as uh, Will Wilson, man. Finally, you know, kind of getting out, out of that little slump he's in right now, man. Got a, got a three-run double today, man. I've been pretty big on him. You know, talk, you know, talking about him, I've been pretty interested about him ever since they got him left, you know, from, from the Angels. And, man, he had a tough spring up until today, but finally, you know, does something positive. So, hopefully that gets him going a little bit. So, well, happy, the, happy for him. The two things real quick. One, he did it against the Angels. And yeah, yeah. two, he was playing third base today, I believe. Isn't that yes, correct? Yes, he was. So, uh, yeah, getting a little uh, different look from him there. But, uh, Rob, it is episode 26, and we are very fortunate to have a special guest today. We are joined by Kevin Cunningham. Kevin is a contributor for SB Nation's McCovey Chronicles. You can follow his Twitter account regarding prospects at SF Giant Futures and visit his awesome, well-detailed website at GiantFutures.com. Kevin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, we are super excited to have someone on that knows way more about our prospects more than we do. <laughs> um, and so we've been looking forward to this episode. So, Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became involved with prospects in general. Well, I became involved with the prospects by doing the worst thing imaginable. I moved to L.A., <laughs> uh, right, at, right out of college back in uh, 2001, I actually moved down to LA and you know, I lived in the Bay Area all my life. I felt disconnected and I got involved in the online communities and particularly the ESPN board and a board at a website called SF Dugout. After about a year, they said, hey, you want to write a little bit about the minor leagues? I'm like, I don't know anything about the minor leagues. So that's where it started. And I stayed with SF Dugout till we had to shut it down and I think it was 2009 and I uh, moved on to the comic Lunatic Fringe, and 
uh, got asked to help out McCovey Chronicles, and now we're here. Awesome. Now we're here. And I, I read your stuff on a regular basis. I love it. So I, I'm ecstatic having you on and, and actually getting to hear you on our podcast and talk in person um, about, uh, you know, what you cover with the Giants and that's prospects. And I love it. So uh, without further ado, if uh, Rob, Kevin, if you guys are ready, we'd like to ask you some questions and jump right into it. Shoot away. I'm good. Let's go. Okay. So first question from me, uh, how much of an impact does the uncertain longevity of the minor league season specifically apply, apply to the Giants front office and their placement and advancement of their young future players? We know they've come out and said that they will place carefully, but advanced swiftly. Well, all that means is they're playing for the moment. There's no plans going forward for this season. They're not going to try to say, oh, we'll get them there. They want to get them in just in case there's another wave of coronavirus or another, more games canceled. Yeah. So if a guy's ready to get pushed up, they aren't going to wait till that late May or especially the late June shuffling you usually see. They're just going to go ahead and send someone up right away if they say he needs those at-bats against double-A or he needs those to hit or pitch against double-A guys. That all being said, that's also going to mean we're going to see a lot of quick demotions. You're going to see guys that may not even deserve it, but they're lower on the totem pole than a Marco Luciano or an Elliot Ramos. They're going to end up in Richmond or down in Eugene. God, it's weird to say Eugene. but It uh, really is. <laughs> Used to stay in San Jose. Seriously, I, I, it's going to take me a while. I, it it mm-hmm. took me a long time just to not say Connecticut anymore. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so you're going to see a lot of movement quickly, I assume. And you're going to see a lot of organizational soldiers within the system kind of doing the job and doing what they got to do to make things happen. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, um, especially because this this system is on the rise over the last couple of seasons and just losing an entire minor league season last year, just it frustrates me as a, as a, you know, as a fan in general, but Someone that, you know, I don't, I don't cover the Giants. I just run a fan podcast. But it's frustrating because it totally set these guys back. Oh, absolutely. And the worst part was, was 2019 was one of the best minor league seasons for the Giants in a long time. You had Marco Luciano going off. You had Luis Matos just absolutely blowing it up, actually getting a midseason promotion from the Dominican. I've never seen that before. You yeah. had Alexander Canario. You had Connor Kent. You had all these guys having big seasons. And oh, Seth Corey. And boom, all that momentum disappeared. I don't want that during a rebuild. You really don't. No, absolutely not. So we'll, we'll see how the Giants handle it. But Kyle Haynes is a good guy, and I think he's, he's got it under control. Well, let's start with the uh, consensus number one uh, prospect in the organization. Uh, give us your thoughts on Marco Luciano, and what do you think he will be with the, with the big club? And also, in the long run, does Luciano end up more at shortstop or at third base, you think? Well, he's definitely been uh, the guy that everyone's been talking about in the offseason. I know there's a lot, of, a lot of anticipation. 2023 at the earliest. Uh, maybe 2024. It depends how it goes. I'm, I'm going to go into this doing what I did with Elliot Ramos uh, before the 2018 season, which is be patient. He's going to have a letdown. He's going to face some troubles. And following him this spring, I mean, this is uh, Thursday the 11th. I mean, right now, He's had 12 at-bats in spring training. He has struck out in 10 of them. Yeah. Um, and oh. he's, he's had some big misses. And, I mean, he's facing frontline MLB guys. He's mm-hmm. facing, you know, the guys that are long shots or maybe even minor leaguers at the back of spring training games. 
but you know, he, he's out there now. He's a smart player. He's going to take these lessons, but these lessons are going to continue, whether they're in low A San Jose or high A Eugene, he's going to have some troubles. And Elliot Ramos did this as well. His first year in Augusta, man, he, I mean, he hit it hard, but he learned from it and he came back, had that great year in San Jose in 2019. I expect that's what you're going to see with uh, Luciano as well. He's going to do good wherever he is, but he's not going to be that top prospect. And then he's going to come out swinging the following season. Hopefully there's a following season. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) I, I, but yeah, I'm looking at your, your prospect profile you did on him and it sounded like um, you think that he could start off in low a San Jose this year. Is that correct? Yeah. And I think that's what, uh, you know, when, when you heard the execs say that they're going to be pretty conservative about where they're starting guys, they want to let him in. And you know what? Inside baseball, the San Francisco giants own a majority stake in the San Jose giants. They they won a few ticket sales there and give them that little rub before. Exactly. Fantastic all point. The, all the minor league teams will want that as well. But it's going to be good for Marco. It's, and it also keeps him close to the team, obviously. Eugene's going to love it because they're going to say, first year with the Giants, look at this kid. He's going to be up in, in Eugene at some point this year. So it, it's going to all work out. It's just be patient with him. He's going to have some lessons he's going to learn. But, you know, it's like you watch any movie, you got to struggle before you win. Great point. Great point. Very true. Very true. Let's move on to uh, Elliot Ramos. He's been off to a hot start in the Cactus League, uh, including two home runs against Cincinnati Sunday and another on Tuesday. Rob and I believe he will be up at some point this season. He says earlier, I say a little later. Um, do you agree with that? And is he the future Giants center fielder or is he more built for the corner? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm going to have to say I agree with later in the season. He'll be up this season, barring injury. And Ramos is a guy that's had the injury issues. Sure. But, I mean, he, he's looking great. Obviously, he's having a great spring, and he's looking I – mean, he's, he's swinging the bat as well as I've seen him yet in the minors, and that's great to see. I, I expect you're going to get him those at-bats in Richmond. He may mm-hmm. skip Sacramento entirely and go straight up. Sorry, Sack, you, you're, you're not getting the extra ticket sales. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see him at some point, health barring. As far as where, uh, he he's an outfielder, he, a corner outfielder. He really is. I mean, you you look at the guy and he's built like a fullback. I think it was uh, Baseball Prospectus. He was like something like built on Ibiza hams. This really weird description, but he's thick. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you know what? He, he's not Pablo Sandoval thick, but he's thick. And, right, right. He, he's not going to be able to handle what's really the worst, or I don't want to say worst, but the biggest set of outfields in any division in baseball. Absolutely. Because even with Oracle being smaller, it's still that huge right center. You got Petco Park, you got Coors Field, which is monstrous. You got Arizona, and then Dodger Stadium is kind of like the baby of the bunch. And it's still a pretty you know neutral ballpark, all things considered. So you've got to have a great center fielder out there. You can't cheat. So where he, which corner he's going to play is a bigger question. I, with the range, I'd love to see him in left, especially because Hunter Bishop coming down the line is incredibly athletic, and I think he would be a perfect right fielder. But Bishop doesn't have the arm, and Ramos does. Right. Good so I, I think what corner it's going to be at is yet to be determined. It's really going to depend how much athleticism Ramos can keep on. Uh, that all being said, Ramos has looked much better defensively in left field as compared to center field this spring. So we'll see. Yeah, and I would think, too, that um, 
you know, we, we say it on this podcast all the time, double A, you know, in Richmond, you're, you're going to see more, more um, significant pitching at the double A level. It just, I mean, I think that's a fact. Um, so, but yeah, he only had 95 at bats there in 2019. So I, I think it would be a good, you know, start the season again, you're placing carefully start him there, but um, that would be interesting if he just skips triple A altogether. Wow. I will also say, and, and this is my ongoing joke and only nerds get it, but left field at Oracle Park is the defense against the dark arts position. Yeah, I know. It, it, Go Giants. it really is. Every year, ever since Bonds, every year there's someone else that's taken the majority of the games there. If Ramos can be the one to break that, it's just another karmic signal of like, this is the next team. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. I with Brandon Belt's a big topic with uh, Doug and I, but um, so so we were really interested in, interested in his uh, future re- replacement. But with Belt being in a contract year and Patrick Bailey in the organization, what are the chances that Joey Bart gets looks at first base during tri- AAA this season? <laughs> we got him, Rob. We got him. You're going to get me in trouble with this one. Because <laughs> oh I, boy. Ever since Bailey got drafted, I mean, I've, I've been one of the guys that's just hated the draft pick. I don't hate Patrick Bailey. Dude's a good catcher. And he's the kind of catcher I like. He's defensive. He's switch hitter. I love that. I don't love it at that draft pick, man, especially when you got Bart. I know everyone says best available. I'm sorry. There's best available, but then there's best available with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. But all that, and part of it is, the defense about it is they're saying, oh, well, they're going to platoon Bart and Bailey, and they're going to have Bart play first. And that was always the plan. Bart has never played a game at first base in his pro career, not in spring training, not in the regular season, and as far as I can tell in college. So, yeah, I don't think that was a long-term plan. I think that's, oh, hey, we got Bailey now. Let's, let's see. That all being said, it's a smart thing to get catchers to play first base. And, yes, I do think he's going to be getting looks there. He was there in the alternate training site. You saw the photos and videos that were very carefully leaked out by the Giants over the summer. And you're definitely going to see him get some games at first base. How much you're going to get of him there, we'll see. And I don't think it's that important right away because if you want a right-away replacement for Brandon Belt, He's already on the team, and his name is Buster Posey. Right. And Buster Posey was playing first base in college, as well as every other position. Yeah, so. he played shortstop, too. He played everywhere. Yeah. But Bart is a gold glove level caliber defender. And mm-hmm. this is one of these things that have gotten lost. Actually, Jim Callis actually did a uh, quote to, or uh, did a chat today about the top 30 for MLB.com. And I asked him, who's the better defensive catcher between Bart or Bailey? And he said Bart. You know, people are talking like Bailey is this defensive specialist, and he's a great defender, but I think we're downplaying what Bart can do defensively as well. Moving him off of catcher too quickly, you reduce his value. You reduce what you get out of him. So True. we'll see how it goes. Will we see him at first? Yes. Will we see him in San Francisco at first on a regular basis? I doubt it. Okay. So basically uh, Bart's offensive potential kind of outweighs his underrated defense you know or defense that he can provide behind the plate i i've i've always gathered that he he could be a good catcher but you're saying he could be a very very good slash great defensive catcher and yeah i mean you got to factor in handling a staff too yeah and you know what 
we just had the news today that dropped about all these changes in the minor league rules. And yeah. one of the things you had across the board, whether it was the AAA, the bigger bases, bigger bases, or you have <laughs> what we were talking about before this was the slide step in high A. And mm-hmm. all these are rules that might go to the majors. These are rules that favor base stealers. Now, mm-hmm. I love base stealers. I love Me stealers. too. We're going to get to that in a little bit, I think. But it also means you're going to need catchers with better arms. Bart has a cannon. Yes, he does. And that also will just increase that value. So I can almost skip my next question because I, <laughs> I you know, but I, I'll, ask it anyways. It. I'll ask it anyways, just so it's reiterated. My question was, who's the starting catcher in three years, Joey Bart, Patrick Bailey, or somebody else? Well, I'll tell you what, I think my answer is going to fool you a little bit. I think the idea of a starting guy at a regular position is going to be a dead thing under Farhan's idea in three years. I think he's going to be trying to platoon everything as much as possible. So you're not going to be saying like a, you know, your regular first baseman, your regular second baseman. And we already see that with the way that, I mean, you got Solano and uh, everyone else that's going to be really mixing in once Longoria and Crawford and Belter out of the way. Sorry, guys. Um, That all being said, I think Bart's getting the majority of the time there. Okay. Okay. Interesting, interesting. The Say Hey Podcast is sponsored by Manteca Bedquarters. Whether you're located in the Bay Area or the Central Valley, head out to Manteca and visit Manteca Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, and other top brands. Manteca Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories. Located on the corner of Main and Yosemite in Manteca, visit MantecaBedquarters.com for more details. Uh, let's talk pitching. Uh, I've been curious, especially because I haven't heard anything regarding this, but why wasn't Seth Corey invited to camp? Is, is he hurt? Uh, why do you think the organization is, seems to be taking so long to be bringing him along? This is a great question, and I wouldn't be worried. Now, first of all, I haven't heard of any injuries, and I don't think it's anything Good. to do with that. This is the new modus operandi of this team. And it's not a bad one, especially coming off of what we saw with 2020, which is it's a lot easier for pitchers to work on their own than it is for hitters to work. Hitters really need to yeah. see pitchers. And you see a lot of different pitchers. You, I mean, you can time a, batting or a pitching machine pretty dang easily. Mm-hmm. But a pitcher, they can go work out and you know, they get extra time to say, hey, I want to work on this changeup or, hey, I want to work on that cut fastball. And they can just keep throwing it over and over, which they wouldn't be able to do in a game. So that's why you saw in 2020, the alternate site, they didn't get most of their pitchers in there. Even Sean Jelly wasn't even invited. Right. Sean Jelly wasn't even invited to instructional league. So the fact they didn't invite Seth Corey doesn't surprise me. There really weren't a lot of young pitchers that got called uh, up along that would have otherwise been there other than the 40-man guys like uh, Kravine Castro and all of them. Right, right. I mean, Kai Wei Tang was probably the only one that was really a surprise there. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't worry about it. This is a team that's going to be – let the pitchers kind of do their own thing. We'll get them into the games eventually. So uh, I, I think this is just a new organization taking pitchers a different way. I think we're going to see them be more aggressive with Corey and the others once they're actually on the field, and then you might see them getting pushed. Mm-hmm. I mean, is he going to start the season in San Jose? No, probably not, because he already did Augusta. He'll probably be in Eugene. 
Yeah. Will he be in Richmond by the end of the year? Will he be in SAC by the end of the year? Very possible. If if he can prove that his control is a real thing and not a you know twenty nineteen mirage. Right. Yeah, I think we'll see him get moved quickly once he's pitching. Well, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask an impromptu question then regarding that because so so you're saying there it wouldn't surprise you to see him in sack triple a this year um you know with all these guys in the rotation this season on one-year deals i'm not saying he will but do you believe that he could have a shot out of camp next year to make the rotation yes um not a great shot it's not one i put money on in vegas but Will he be in that conversation? I think so. Okay. Any that, lefties? That yeah, <laughs> lefties. Maybe, sure, maybe, maybe lefties. And, yeah. You know, look at the giant system right now. Is you, know, you got Corey, you got Harrison, you got Vinicio. So you got three lefties that have a real shot. And oh yeah, who's that long guy they picked up? Yeah, no He's kidding. He's also gonna be really Just turning heads. Yeah. No kidding. Um. And we will talk about Sam Long in a little bit. But uh, tell us about Kyle Harrison. He was the third-round pick uh, in 2020, um, who you have as your number one option in your prospect report and what he brings to the table. Is he the best option to be in the Giants rotation in the next couple of years? In the next couple of years, no. I'm pretty aggressive on Corey, but Harrison's got to prove himself still. I mean, obviously, he hasn't even pitched a pro game yet. Correct, yeah. But there's a lot to like about him. I mean, he got drafted – on a good polished three pitch repertoire as a high schooler. And that's, you know, I don't know why he lasted till the third round, to be honest, the giants, I don't know if they were planning. Oh yeah. Let's undersign Bailey. So we can get this guy in the third round. You can't plan that. It worked out because Harrison's a pretty good guy. But the big thing with Harrison is you look at what he did in instructional league. I mean, he went from being, you know, three pitch low nineties lefty in high school. That's not bad. Four months later, He's throwing mid-90s, touching 97. That's a big deal. And he's doing that with good control. He's doing that with a sweeping curveball that really reminds me of Madison Bumgarner's in the, in the delivery, if not the motion itself yet. He's got a changeup. You've got a really good, solid pitcher who's already polished at a young age. That's a lot to love, and that's the reason why he's tops on my list. It's more about the uh, potential as opposed to what he can do immediately. I, you know, like I said, I'd keep the expectations tempered on how quickly he's going to come up, but he's definitely going to be our best starting pitching prospect. Well, I think he is right now. I think he'll be the universally considered that way pretty quickly. Wow. I mean, yeah, he is, he is only 19. So he's, he's definitely have a, have, he has time to, you know, obviously grow, get bigger, stronger, maybe even start hitting 98, 99 and consistently, hopefully those mid to high nineties. So. That that's uh, good news regarding Kyle Harrison because I don't think a lot of people don't know 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 anything about him because yeah. we couldn't see him last year. Right. So definitely uh, some good news there. So uh, go ahead, Rob. And uh, hey, if there's a sure thing of anyone who's going to be in San Jose next year that us locals can go see, there you go. I mean, sweet. Up Golden Water Creek is going to have his own rooting section. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. Uh, is we talked about Sean Jelly or you did it a little bit earlier. Uh, is he a better fit in the rotation or in the bullpen in, in the long term? Rotation. Uh, it, that's just not even an option to me. He's polished. He's got a clean repertoire. He's got no injury history for 6'11". He's got no injury history. He's got a clean polish. I mean, and not he, doesn't, 
Yeah, right. No, I'd try. Just- <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, he's about as safe a pitcher as you're going to get. Sure, he's not throwing the highest velocity, but I mean, he's got everything else you want for a starter. And yeah, he doesn't have that high velocity. He's not going to do as well. Insert your high ceiling joke about the tall guy here. But he is a solid guy. He's going to show up. He's probably just going to be a middle of the rotation guy for several years. And the Giants are going to like him. The fans are going to like him because he's weird, because he's tall, which is mm-hmm. kind of a shame that we say that, but it's true. You know, he's going to be consistent. And he brings something that you can't teach. Literally, he's got a downward angle that's going to get ground balls all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he could, he could be a lot like what Kirk Reeder was in that late 90s, early 2000s team. And he's going to be in that middle of the rotation and probably going to be relatively cheap for a few years. And a lot of people kind of seem to really poop on him because of that. And I love that because, quite frankly, if you have a guy like that, you're not signing Jeff Samarja for $20 you know, million a year. Good point. And, I mean, Jeff Samarja was a good, reliable pitcher for most of his contract. And, you know, as you expect, injuries fell apart. But that's $20 million you don't have to pay to a free agent if he can develop it that way. So, again, a middle of the rotation, number three guy, I'm good with that. Sign me up, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, give us a name in the Giants organization we should be following that nobody's talking about. And also, who maybe is considered a top prospect in the system that you don't think will pan out? So kind of two questions there. Sorry. More question? (laughs) It's really hard because when you talk about guys who aren't talking about, like, I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about Claudio Jose Falcone. I mean, which, great name, by the way, out of Venezuela. That's that's elite, yeah. That, that's a 2019 catcher out of Venezuela. I don't know how good he'll actually be. I love the name. But I've got two names for you of under-the-radar guys that some people have been talking about, and this will just amplify it. The first one is a guy that Roger's been talking about and Jim Callis talked about today, and that's Connor Cannon. And yeah. quite frankly, I'm going to talk about him because of three words. 80-grade power. Oof. I mean, like they talk about Luciano's, like the ball coming off his bat sounds different. Cannon is an entirely different class. I mean, he's big, he's strong, and I mean, he just absolutely destroys the baseball. But he's got a couple of things holding him back. And the first one is he's also absolutely destroyed his knees. He's already had knee surgery on both knees out of college, which is oh. one of the reasons why he slipped. And I mean, you got to watch a guy like that. When you're 6'6", whether it's going to be knees or back, I mean, Michael Morris can really attest to something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other thing you got is he doesn't exactly have a track record. He dominated at UC Riverside, but it's UC Riverside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this isn't a power conference. This isn't a power college. He did what he was supposed to do. He went to the Arizona League, and he dominated 13 home runs in 35 games. But he did what he was supposed to do. Let's see what he's going to do against the higher level pitching and see if he can get enough in-game power. Now, 80-grade slugger, you give me strikeouts, you give me home runs and 250 batting average, I'm good with it. It's fine. It's fine, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know, 80 is, is the max. I mean, that is like ultimate power. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and honestly, he's kept 300 batting averages everywhere he's been. And he's taken a fair number of walks, too. So, it, it may be more than just a power strikeout guy, which is what makes it so exciting. The question is, sure. how do you get him a position? You know, obviously you put him at first base normally, but let's read the tea leaves here. 
whenever baseball comes back from whatever work stoppage happens after this season because of the contract, one thing I think everyone is resigned to is the designated hitter is coming yep. to the National League. Yeah, it is. And yep. I, I hate it. I'm a classicist. I like the difference between the leagues. I love Lem Pitcher's hit, Madison Bumgarner, all the way. That sure. all being said, with the game changing, the game is changing at the right moment for Connor Cannon to be a San Francisco Giant. And he could be a career DH like Edgar Martina is. And if he, if he does that thing with his power and he can make it happen in games, I mean, that's a hell of a prospect. So it's a risk, but, man, I love him. The yeah, other you got me the... excited. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. That was gold. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. I'm, I'm a hype man. Just, just let me get going on this guy. Now, let me hype up this other guy for you. And this is a guy that almost no one is talking about. I irrationally love this guy for some reason. I don't know why. Simon Whiteman. Simon Whiteman was a draft pick out of Yale where he was a Rhodes Scholar nominee. So when you say this guy's smart, you're like, duh. But <laughs> also the organization's best speedster. And I was picking this guy before we found out the news today about these changes in the minors that are going to really help uh, speedsters and stolen bases. Now this guy's got that little bit extra. Now he's lacking in some of the offensive tools where he, he could be a 20 grade power, quite frankly, um, which is the lowest grade, of course. D so, yeah, seriously, <laughs> but he's got speed. He can probably hit for average. He's able to get some walks. And he can play all over the infield. He was a shortstop at Yale. He's good enough to stick at shortstop if you want him to. But he's probably got a future as that utility guy. And especially with Farhan Zaidi right now, a guy that can play every position, that's yeah. not bad. A guy that's going to get stolen bases, be a pest on the base path, or be a weapon as a pinch runner, especially if we get that extra innings guy on second thing to uh, stick around after this work stoppage. All that is going to make for a great guy. And the tea leaves are moving in the right direction for Simon Whiteman. So I'm rooting for him. He's not going to be an all-star. He may not even be an everyday starter on teams where that's still a thing. But he's the kind of guy San Francisco Giants fans, I think, are absolutely going to love. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at Whiteman's numbers right now because he played in Salem, Kaiser, and Augusta in 2019. Um, 31 bases uh, stolen the, uh, between the two teams. And... Um, what's really impressive is his on-base percentage. The guy walks, so he knows how to work pitch counts and, and get on. So that's that's obviously exciting. Significant. <laughs> right. Talk yeah. about the um, thing that sunk Gary Brown as a speedster. No kidding. He he didn't take the walks. He need the walks to get on base to use your best tool. So Yeah. 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 I'm sorry, and what that, were we going to say? No, that's okay. Gary Brown. Wow, that's it's been a while since I've heard that name. Um, <laughs> uh, my next question, uh, we're almost done here. Uh, should fans be as excited about Camilo Duvall as I am? And also, what do you think about the Giants' uh, plans? Let me reword this. I totally screwed that up. <laughs> what do you think the Giants' plans are with guys like uh, Daniel Nunez, Kerbin Castro, and Sam Long? I know that's a loaded question. I apologize. That, that, that is a lot of stuff. So uh, <laughs> we'll start with Duvall. Uh, you know, I'm not going to blame anyone for being excited because he's got a good fastball when yeah. he's throwing it well, which is kind of the downside. I mean, he's your classic power pitcher, controls a bit of an issue sort of a thing. He's not a wild thing, but he's probably like a Merkin Valdez. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw all these names at you. Just uh, I've been watching his team for way too long. But <laughs> – he is showing the signs that he's putting it together. I don't blame you for being excited. I'm not as hot on him as some people are. 
but I think he looks like a major leaguer. I don't see him as a closer because he's not consistent enough, but he's going to be that guy that can get you those late innings that are going to blow some guys away. And the Giants aren't as loaded with velocity as they used to be. This last 40-man sequence, uh, you know, it's kind of saying something to the different. But I don't know how many of those guys are going to make the majors. Duvall, I think, will, and I think he's going to be in the mix. So I think he'd be a good major leaguer. I don't see him as an all-star closer. Quite frankly, if I'm going to pick a guy in the Giants to do that, it's still Blake Rivera. But Duvall's going to be a good guy. Okay. All right. Um, um, let me do the other guys now. Yeah, no, go ahead. I'm going to do them in reverse order for you. So I think the last guy you said was J- it was Sam Wong. I want to say yes. Jake Wong for some reason. Man, I watched too many cartoons. Go blue. Uh, <laughs> Sam Wong, they're going to explore him as a starter in the minors. I mean, he's having a great time right now in minor league camp, but I don't see him making the roster out of spring training. There's just too many other guys in camp. There's literally 49 pitchers in camp. It's crazy. The big camp. Yeah. It really is. Another reason why Seth Corey's not there. They got so many. They got to they give time to uh, Silvino Bracho. I mean, come on. But, um, you know, Sam Long, he's, he's showing a ton of potential. I think even more than the Giants could have hoped for. And if you throw him as a starter and see what he can do, I mean, he's, he could be one of the top starter prospects if he keeps throwing the way he's thrown this spring. I want to see him more in a full season. Sure. I kind of always think, like, mm, there's a reason why he kind of, you know, got let go and disappeared out of a system. Yeah. So I want to see what happens. Obviously, he's got a great story behind him. If you haven't read it, read it. I haven't written it up yet. I should. Um, but let's see what he does. But there's reasons to be really excited. All right. Curvin Castro. It's not Curvin Castro. Kervin Castro. Kervin. That was going to be like my name for a reason. Uh, he's the reliever <laughs> fast track. He doesn't have the time to develop as a starter. He last pitched in 2019 in short A ball. Rest in peace, short A baseball. Um, it's ridiculous. I got put on the 40 man roster, but he did. The Giants seem to like him that much and thinks other teams like him that much. So he's got the velocity to really bump it up in short bursts. I'm liking what I'm seeing out spring training. He's going to take a couple years to get up, but he, they're definitely putting him on that reliever fast track. He'll probably uh, be a closer in San Jose, if not Eugene, pretty quickly. Okay. All right. Okay. Daniel Nunez. Rule five draft picked. And so that means that I'm sure Harris already has his plane ticket to New York picked out, probably for early May. <laughs> um, I mean, Farhan Zaidi is I – mean, he's, he's, he likes picking up guys – but the churn is a thing with him with these rosters, and I don't get it. But um, he goes through these guys pretty quickly. He's picked three Rule 5 picks in the last two years, which is a string you know, I've never seen the Giants do. All of them have been gone by mid-May. Sure. I mean, Nunez is talented. He's got a great arm. I just don't think Zaidi's going to have the patience to keep him around. Yeah, I think I think we can all agree that um, Farhan's kind of just like – it's not so much I'm going to be picky and go find quality. It's I'm going to go get a quantity of these guys. And if one or two pans out, fantastic. If not, bye. You know, I, I'd hate to see the wall in his office because, you know, the old saying, you know, broke <laughs> up against the wall and everything. <laughs> you can't see the wall in his office anymore the way he goes. Yeah, it sure seems that way. <laughs> Robbie, bring us home, man. All right. Pretty simple question here, Kevin. What what are your expectations for the Giants' big league club as a whole this season? Uh, I expect a competitive club, but I don't think they're a playoff team, even yeah. if you expand the playoffs. They're, 
they're in the wrong division to be a playoff team right now. Right. I think right. that you're going to see them do better than you expect. I think you're going to see players you're going to love. You're going to fall in love even more with Diaz as if we haven't already. I expect the bullpen to have a ton of churn the way the outfield did two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect the trade deadline is going to be extremely emotional with Belt, Crawford, and Posey all being talked about constantly. Mm-hmm. I expect Belt to be traded. And I think everyone will be watching this season, really watching for the 22, when you've got the budget in the offseason, when you've got Bart and Ramos up full-time, most likely. Yep. You see more of the, the next wave of prospects coming up. You should see Jelly right along that track as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, that, that's why I kind of see it. It's going to be a fun season. It's not going to be horrible to watch. This isn't the season we're rooting to win. This is the season we're rooting to spoil the Dodgers and the Padres. Mm-hmm. So that whatever other team you're going to root for in the playoffs is, can win. Man, that's that's fantastic stuff. Uh, Rob, do you have anything else to say before we wrap up here? No, I I totally agree with that. I think it's uh, you know it's a season for for development, and um, yeah, the Giants aren't a playoff team. I totally agree with that. I don't care. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. I mean, you'd have to ex- extend that pretty far to consider them to be a playoff team. I mean that. They didn't even get in last year at twenty nine and thirty one, for for God's sakes, but but yeah, I, I think I think they'll they'll be a team that can be a thorn in, in the side to the Dodgers and the Padres just 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 because of the all, all the all the weird weird stuff stuff that, that that they do with platooning guys and they're they're gonna probably have a different lineup every day and I yeah I think I think they're just they're gonna be a, a pest team so I think I'm with you on that. Yep, good points. Uh... Kevin, thank you so much for coming on with us, man. We really appreciate it. Again, you you can follow his Twitter at SF Giant Futures and uh, the website GiantFutures.com. Kevin, thanks for coming on. And, uh, man, we'd love to have you on again during the season if you you have time. So I am down for that. You you guys just let me know. It's been great talking with you. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good night and uh, go Giants. Go Giants. When the Giants come to town, it's bye-bye, baby. Every time the chips are down, it's Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.